0: Welcome to uh, Sharing Socks number 14, I believe. Uh, I'm Lee Allen, the duty geezer at Southside Socks, and I, like some other person related to this team you may have heard of, MDUI. Uh, In my case, it's drivel under the influence, and the influence is Novocaine. I just had some uh, fancy tooth work done today, so we'll see. Uh, My mouth goes off to the side at some point during this. Meanwhile with me uh, my son and West Coast correspondent Will and we are both wearing backward Sox hats in the spirit of the direction of the organization right now and joining us (laughs) Sox fan, uh, dedicated Sox fan because he'll be a Sox fan in front of Yankee fans which is daring uh, Rob Coletti who is an actor buddy of Will's as well and I'm sure since all Sox fans are musical theater fans Most all of you would have seen him in the national tour of Book of Mormon or School of Rock, um, (laughs) if not simultaneously.
1: uh, I did sing the national anthem at the White Sox game while I was doing Book of Mormon. That was fun. Whoa, (laughs) all right. There you go. (laughs) Um, Before
0: we get into Soxdom, uh, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, a little bit earlier than usual in the week, just hours after that other team in town, we will not name them. But there's another team at times. <laughs> Parted ways with their president, Theo Epstein. I've, I've been rumored for a long time uh, that that was going to happen. But now it has happened. It sets up an interesting kind of circumstance. Yet Hoyer got promoted to president that leaves a general manager opening. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me, guys, you know who has never been a general manager Despite his Hall of Fame career and his three World Series rings, and really would make a great general manager for that other team in town. <laughs> Tony
2: LaRusa? Yeah, Can
1: you picture general
0: manager LaRusa?
2: <laughs> I honestly think we should just do a, a swap. You know, just tell Epstein, like, don't quit just yet. Yeah, let's do a sign and trade. And uh, we'll sign LaRusa, they'll re sign Epstein, and we'll, we'll just trade him straight up.
0: Great. and I, I was thinking the same thing. Epstein has never had a chance to be a field manager. He's every possible <laughs> success in a front office but not on the field He's a chance to prove himself with the guys uh, and and uh, Tony can uh, prove himself and look I mean for LaRusa it is perfect fitting in with owners who have his exact sociopolitical mindset. True. I mean'll all ju- they'll just get along great in the office. Absolutely,
2: that's a really good point. Yeah, I think uh, I think the Epstein thing. Uh, I mean, sort of saw it coming, you know. Now that he kind of did what he does, which is take a team that can barely do anything and turn them into World Series champions, he did that with the uh, Red Sox, did it with the Cubs, and um, you know, I'm excited, I'm kind of interested to see where he's going to go next. Rob, you got any
1: thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think that there is a really high likelihood he'll end up in either Philadelphia or with the Mets. I mean, they both have openings, not just for GMs, but for president of baseball operations. And they're both organizations that have been terrorized with awful luck over the course of many decades. And uh, well, the Phillies had a decent stretch there in the late 2000s, but You know, for me, if I am um, the new owner of the Mets with his unlimited checkbook, I go in and I tell Mr. Epstein, um, How many Ferraris would you like? And let me just go (laughs) ahead and get them all for you in advance in multiple colors of blue and orange. (laughs) Um, And and, uh, how many free agents would you like? Well, exactly. And, you know, I think this is the big. Um, draw for the Mets actually. I-, I would be surprised if they don't land him. I think it makes the most sense in terms of payroll where they are, uh, with a combination of on field talent at the major league level and in their minor league system. Uh, if, you know, if I'm Theo Epstein, I actually want that job. There aren't any other oh, yeah. openings yeah. now that the Angels have filled their spot, um, that would really entice me, uh, at least not off the top of my head, but, um, you know, maybe Seattle, but I don't think that Seattle's looking for a president of baseball operations right now. They have a good uh, core group in their executive offices. They've put together a lot of good young talent. I don't think they need to make much of a change. The Mets just seem to make the most sense, and I, I would be surprised if he doesn't end up there. I agree.
0: Epstein, I- Epstein said uh, something about, well, I might take a year off. But those years off can disappear in a big hurry if something good comes up.
2: There's a yeah. zero you can add to the end that makes yeah. you year
0: off the day off.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, the coolest thing to happen would have been, or not the coolest thing, uh, a possibility would have been if Epstein went to the Marlins and somehow turned that team uh, into a winner. But that brings us to actual cool news, uh, Kim Eng, which was uh, first... So great. Yeah. So, White uh, Sox intern. Long yeah. overdue, former White Sox intern. Big shout out! That is amazing news, and it is you know the start of good things to come. I think, especially now that baseball is so much just about analytics, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> women can can do just a good job as that as men. So it's it's well, gonna be really cool to see her come in. And everyone and, who's
0: Chicago grad, I have to point out.
1: Yeah, and and everyone who's ever worked with her has said just the most glistening things, not just about her capabilities, but her character. And it's honestly, it's a hire that like resembles more than just the organization. It's it's a worldwide hire that I think will have a positive impact for generations to
2: come. It was so cool to be on Twitter that morning and I forget something, you know, garbage political had happened right before. And then the Marlins announced that. And it was just so cool to see all of baseball, Twitter, all of ESPN, everybody rallied behind this decision, which is not only a testament to, you know, putting a woman in that position for the first time, but also putting a stellar woman... Who is likely gonna come in and kick some ass uh, yeah in that job it's gonna be Twitter
1: is not a forgiving place it's not, it's not. so to
2: have to have a hundred percent support on Twitter yeah. yeah that is unheard of. We won't yeah. get like thirty percent uh, support for this podcast today so,
0: uh, we we went up? <laughs> I, I'll, I'll take the
1: blame for that one.
0: All right, let's um, talk some socks now. what do you got? Well, the picture behind you, this is not exactly news, but uh, congratulations to Jose Abreu for uh, actually making the MVP, as was uh, completely anticipated in all of Sox fandom, and much of the rest of the world as Yeah, well. most
1: of the major league world, yeah. Which leads
0: us to the fact that he was interviewed, just as our uh, Silver Sluggers had been interviewed before, and naturally in the course of the interview was asked, Well, what do you think about having Tony LaRusa as a manager? Now, what's he going to say? And guys are writing this like it's serious news. Jose, first of all, is a class guy. Second of all, really has no choice what he's going to say. He's the captain of the team. (laughs) He's got to say, I'm going to have his back. I told him I'd have his back, man. What else can he possibly say? But this I throw out to you guys. One thing he said in the interview was, Tony called me yesterday. This was last Thursday. That was two weeks after Larusa was hired. Two weeks after the announcement. He's probably hired before that. Two weeks to make contact with the captain of the team. I think it tells you what kind of arrogant jerk we've got coming in to be manager of this team. But I opened this up.
2: Rob, I have already gotten a chance to vent on here about LaRusa, and I have
1: vented. Uh, so go for it. Well, you know, I'll say this. I, I think there was obviously, and I, re- I recall that you actually had mentioned this on a, a couple of podcasts that, you know, we, we actually hadn't uh, talked in a couple of years. Uh, you know, we both got carried away in our careers. And then I called you and left a, a voicemail in tears. <laughs> 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 almost uh, discussing, you know, my disdain for the higher, And I, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I don't necessarily think that I've um, changed my perspective too much. Having said that, I mean, the, there in the day after in the next like week or so, I kind of came down to earth a bit about it. I mean, the truth is his age doesn't really concern me. See Coach K, Jim Beheim, Dusty Banker. That's less important. I think the he's – yes, he hasn't managed on field, but he's been in offices. I think the bigger concern, obviously, was more how he related to the players. He did essentially invent analytics in a way, or at least he uh, laid the groundwork for how it would evolve. But, um, you know, he's certainly one of the best bullpen managers in history, and we need that. I think – the big question is how will he handle letting the players play their game and how will his personality uh, essentially get in the way or not get in the way of being the leader that this team needs? And the fact that he hadn't reached out to Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu, that was a huge red flag. Then this DUI drops and I immediately have to re- revert to this mindset of saying, what on earth are we doing? doing here? <laughs> I mean, got it. <laughs> at, at, at this point, it feels dangerous to the development of our players to keep him there. He is a detriment to the growth of this team. I don't care about his history. I don't care about all of his accomplishments or accolades. I don't care about his relationship with Jerry. That doesn't mean anything to the 162 games per year that you have to put your men on the field out for. And he is not the guy to do that anymore. Please, where is Bruce Bochy? Can we just, I mean, can we just. Or just pretty much anyone they, else. Any,
0: uh, that's Sam Fold.
1: Of, Let's p- pull Sam Fold back out. Yeah. yeah. There I mean, are so many great young analytics guys who are looking for a managerial position. What on earth are we doing?
0: Yeah. And have had bench coaching experience.
2: And you know, the the twins, you got, you got a guy like Baldelli and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's such an example of where this game can go and how you can take a a smaller market team. I know Chicago's a big market, but a small market team in a big market. um, it, It shows you where you can go with that type of forward thinking. And then we go and pretty much do the absolute opposite of that kind of forward thinking. and, and, to me like you know taking 2 weeks to reach out to Jose Abreu is absurd nonsense it's absurd if if you if you made me manager of that team and of course you won't I'll never be that in that position <laughs> but but if you did i mean you you want to talk to those guys immediately exactly like it's been 10 years since you've coached players how how are you not Itching to get out there and and talk to your guys and I can tell you this: the White Sox are going to play their game no matter what. So it's up to Larusa to to either accept that or to get the hell out of town because there I, I don't have space for his ego and his style of manhood exactly. in that dugout. We got we got great players and they're going to play their
1: game. Can I can okay. I ask you guys a question? Have you there's a name that has not been floated that I would adore having be our flagship leader in the White Sox organization, Jason Veritek. The man is running analytics in the front office of the Red Sox and has been for the last eight years. He is a catcher, which is the most translatable position to a manager in the field. He has an incredible resume. I mean, the dude is like a three-time All-Star. He's won two championships He's got silver sluggers and gold gloves. The man knows how to call a game. Bringing someone like that.
2: Let's uh, let's take a quick break because I love that idea and I want to talk about it more. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Right before that break, Rob threw out the name Jason Veritek as someone who could be uh, our our new manager in a world where Larusa doesn't win his court case or something like, whatever the
0: white socks are waiting for yeah. yeah quickly before you get before you get, get into that the court case thing is interesting because there was a moment this week when it was believed that they dropped the charges they were just removed and moves. white Sox chatter went crazy with hatred for the maricopa <laughs> county attorney and then it was revealed that ah, we filed in the wrong court we got to refile but the so it's not dropped. But an interesting thing was he wasn't scheduled till December 8th in the original court. You're starting in a new court. Who knows when this thing is going to come up? It's going to be next year. Next autumn? It could be uh, end of the 100%. season. And that was just for the preliminary hearing. So this is going to drag out forever. And the Sox are saying, well, we're not going to do anything until the court case is determined have to wait for a court case this isn't a legal battle although i do think because they hired him knowing that he had this that they'll never be able to pull off a morals clause kind of thing you know one of those all management clauses have something like behavior detrimental to the organization or embarrassing to the organization well if you knew you knew and and that behavior's off. He's free and you're going to have to pay him. And they're already paying Ricky Renneria for next season. So right. gets, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I uh, interrupted. We'll get back to uh, Jason. That's a, it's a really good point. I mean,
2: Maricopa County, I can't tell you how many times I've said that phrase in a <laughs> uh, couple weeks. And it just seems like more and more strange news coming out of Maricopa County. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a huge problem. And as you said, as someone who has watched every single true crime documentary that exists on planet Earth, uh, that court case <laughs> is probably going to come up during the season. Oh, without a doubt. And that is just an absolute garbage thing to put on your team in the middle of the season. Right. But anyway, anyway, Rob brought up Jason Veritek. Interesting idea. I had not even thought of him.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on this. I'd like to get to free agency, you know, and uh, all of the good stuff that we potentially have coming down that pipeline. But, you know, it doesn't even have to be him. Sam Fult, a a guy who in the uh, executive world in baseball is being talked about as like the next great analytics former player to eventually become a manager. People are already eyeing him for positions, and he hasn't even been applying for jobs. I mean, there are so many great options out there, like a Jason Veritek, like a Sam Fultz, people who have experience on the field in recent years, uh, it, on championship teams, who would be able to contribute that knowledge to the young core of our organization. And I, I just don't understand why going for, you know, across the old fart like Tony LaRussa, what does that do for us?
0: What, well, other than, than bring the
1: decision. A, the prestige of his name is the right. only thing that feels like it, he, He's had unsuccessful seasons. Yes, he's the third most winning manager. Isn't he also like the second most losing? Losing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, what what difference does it make? I just bring in the right guy, not the name. And to be no, fair, I just want to say, I just want
2: to say, uh, he said, "Crusty old fart." That's not a that's not a, a hit at you, Dad. You are just a regular old fart. <laughs> you,
1: you are not even a little crusty. No do, crusty your DUIs all. are much less significant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it's Jason, just Novocaine in my case. Just Novocaine. Ken, in your case. Kenny Williams just yesterday finally emerged from whatever cave he's been hiding in since this thing started, and his reference to it, when asked, was, "The decision was made." That's what you say when you are backing as far away from something as yeah. you can get. And it's basically what Rick Hahn yeah. said as well. Now, of course, the way you really back away, if you've got any integrity in God's, is with your resignation. But apparently, you can't go that far. Um, uh, maybe, I, I don't know. I give. Anyhow, you're, you're right, Rob. Let's move on to something besides this, because we and everybody else are beating this to death. Interestingly, uh, Brett Valentini, our, our boss slash editor slash guru, et cetera, participated in an SB Nation sim for, for next season. And What they do, the guys who represent each team with, within the network uh, get together, and I guess they actually do real trades. So it's not like when you do a, your own personal projection for next year. You have, you have to have a real trade made or, or a real free agent that you pick up. Mm -hmm. And Brett uh, did that. He picked up on the pitching side, working with real money and real involvement. The teams are bidding for these guys. So it's as real as you can get fake, I guess. (laughs) Uh, He picked up on the pitching side, Masahiro Tanaka and our old buddy, Will, Jose Quintana.
1: Yeah. No. Oh man, I, I have so many thoughts. Can, <laughs> I know. can I, can I, can I throw some ideas your way really quick? Of course. Sure. Okay, okay. and it might not be really quick. I'm gonna do my best to be as <laughs> truncated as possible. Okay. It's an older free agent class, right? There's not a lot of age value here. And, you know, McCann's gonna go. There's no way we keep him. He, he, there are at least 10 franchises out there who'll pay him 10 to 12 million a year and have him be the main guy. And he deserves that. I wish him well. He will always be a Sox fan favorite. He deserves that. But we have to make peace with the fact that he's leaving. We have a lot of space this year to do some things with money. First on the list for me, re-sign Alex Colomay. Or if they don't, they need to upgrade him, and there's only one upgrade, Liam Hendricks, which they're not going to get. Kirby Yates and Brad Hand are available, but they showed regression and they're too old for what they're going to get. Roberto Azuna will be next on my list. And, you know, this velocity is dropping already. His war is already sub two. I'd love to have him as a re- not, not a replacement, but a supplement, too. And everyone else, like Brandon Workman, Ken Giles, uh, Melanson, Yusmeiro Petit, Trevor May, blah, 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 the list. No- Sergio Romo—they're all too old or too overpriced. We don't need any of that. The truth is, we have really good depth at the bullpen. I mean, Colome, Bummer, Evan Marshall, Matt Foster, Garrett Crochet, Jace Fry, Cody Hoyer—possibly the best player for the money on our team last year. Jimmy Cordero, and don't even don't forget Zach Birdie, Zach Birdie, Lambert, <laughs> who before he got hurt was playing the lights out. We have a great bullpen. We don't need to put a bunch of money or effort into that. I say bring in column A to sustain continuity and have faith in the system in place. The big issue right here for us is right field, right, and starting pitching. Okay, let's really quickly. The names on the market for right field that are worth looking at are Jer- George Springer and Marcelo Zuna. Yeah. Michael Brantley, Jock Peterson, Robbie Grossman, Jackie Bradley, Yasiel Puig, Adam Eaton. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't even think about it. For me, Springer and Ozuna are not worth the money. I would rather put a couple bucks into bringing in like Austin Romine to be backup catcher, maybe Mike Zanino, maybe a reunion with Tyler Flowers as long as he's okay with being a backup. Would love to see a utility guy like Jake Lamb come in or Freddie Galvis, lefty and switch respectively. Would play great defense off the bench. For me, the money needs to go into starting pitching. Giolito is our only solid piece Keuchel is bound to regress. His playoff performance is evident of that, uh, despite his talent. Dylan Cease, while he's packed with talent, is clearly miles away from reaching his potential. Maybe this new pitching coach that we hired, uh, this uh, what's his name?
0: I, well, I was throwing out Ethan Katz's name, uh, we'll will attest, I think, months ago. This is the guy we that Lucas Giolito's high school yeah, coach, exactly. who produced three major leaguers, good yeah. major leaguers, from one high school that's great before he moved along and went to the Giants and so forth I think this guy may be
1: great I hope so love him and and would love to see what he can do with Cease and maybe Dunning but we need to go for Bauer and for me Stroman was the answer but he's not going to come here anymore he signed his qualifying offer with the Mets anyway but he wouldn't have played for La Russa Bauer would play for La Russa I think he's kind of has that you know classic old-school baseball mindset we have the money to sign him. Anything less is a failure in my mind. There are a couple of names that people are tossing around that I'm okay with maybe again as supplements. And that would be James Paxton and Chris Archer, but like Jake Odorizzi, yeah. Tanaka, Porcello, Adam Wainwright, Kevin Gauss. I don't want any of those guys. None of them are going, they're not even stopgaps. They're like, they'll fill in a spot for a month and a half and get injured. Yeah. I, true. I, for me, it's Bauer or Bust. You let Kopech come back in the rotation. You're looking at Bauer, Giolito, Keichel, and Copeck as a quality four. doesn't matter who the fifth is. Cease, Dunning, whoever it is. Or and bullpen. Me, yeah. Or bullpen, right. And, and for me at that point, if you get Bauer, you don't worry about signing George Springer, who's 31, has a cheating scandal, and is going to be overpaid. Screw that. I would do a trade, and obviously the two names that come to the top of the list are David Peralta and Joey Gallo, right? I think you'd have to give up too much draft capital to get them. For me, this is the move I want to see the White Sox make this offseason more than anything else. I want the White Sox to trade – well, in addition to Bauer, I want the White Sox to trade for Anthony Santander on the Orioles. It is a gangbusters idea for both sides – And here's why. If the Baltimore has this kid who's 26, he just got a gold glove nomination this year. He's entering his prime right now, and they are still a few years away from contention. I don't care how they did this year. They're not going to be competing with the Yankees, the Rays, and the Blue Jays this upcoming year or the year after. He has popped all fields. He makes excellent contact. He has incredible vision, all on the base paths, defensively offensively he would slot him perfectly in the lineup as a switch hitter in that six or seven spot and in a full 162 game season which by the way he's played 176 or 178 games in his entire career it's about a full season he's a 250 hitter for 30 bombs and 100 rbi that's exactly wow. the type of player that you Who want you trade so this is exactly what i would do for me i would offer straight up dane dunning jonathan stever and micker adolfo we don't need any of those guys in our future. It would give them a ton of depth. In fact, I would offer them any three combina- three or four-player combination of those three guys, Dunning, Steve, Rodolfo, or Berger, Jake Berger, uh, Blake Rutherford, Gavin Sheets, Luis Gonzalez, Matthew Thompson, Yolbert Sanchez, German Mercedes. Take your pick. Take any four of those guys. Give us Santander. We don't need them. And let us put our focus and bringing in someone like Bauer for whatever money he wants to be on a contender with us right now, and that spot is filled. Obviously, we'd love to get a guy like Juan Soto. Just don't think we'll be able to pull him away. He's too young. Yeah, but, and he
2: is like – he is far and away the new face of that franchise and becoming one of the yeah. faces of baseball. And you know. We do
1: have the blue-chip talent to trade for, and we'd probably have to give up Vaughn. But I, for him, I would do that. And he's the only guy I would well, trade Vaughn he, for. It.
2: He's established as a remarkable player, um, right? And I agree. That's the only guy I would I would trade Bond for.
1: But for um, me, it's Santander or Bust, and, and Gallo would be. We'd have to overpay for David Peralta. We'd have to overpay for. Would love to see Zach Gallen come back from Arizona in a deal for David Peralta. Then I would maybe up the draft capital or trade capital a little bit. But generally speaking, I mean. We have Anderson, Moncada, Abreu, Eloy, Grandal, Robert, Vaughn, Madrigal. We don't need George Springer. We need somebody who can play great defense and supplement the lineup, not some dude who's going to need to bat three or be pissy about it. We need somebody. We choice. Uh, some, Joyce,
0: uh, Joyce or, or his pickup, I guess, was Robbie Grossman.
1: And listen, he is like a two-something war player. It would be great value for his money. Would love to have someone like him as long as Bowers coming in too. Um Well, interesting. We uh, uh, and then and with Grossman, with Tanaka, with
0: Quintana, Tony uh, Watson he picked up under under relieving. Uh, they projected out through the whole stem to eighty four wins. Mm mm-hmm. uh, Which is, I think that's under an underwhelming projection,
2: I, but I think that's under.
0: Yeah, uh, I
2: mean it's not under if we don't get a starting pitcher. <laughs>
0: Correct. Yeah, no, it's not at all. I, I think we all overestimate how good the, the team is or was. It, it's you know twenty-one and three against the Royals, Tigers, and Pirates, and a rather depressing fourteen and twenty-two against everybody else. It's not great baseball. It's fine for a team that's lost, had seven straight losing seasons.
2: But but that was also, there there were a lot of rookies on the field.
1: Yeah, I would say. You're not there yet, I think Uh, is what. I would also say to keep in mind as well that regardless of whether or not we underperformed against certain teams, we will see forward progression from a lot of our players. And I think a number of those guys are not only going to progress forward, I think they're going to lift up the guys who might otherwise have progressed a little bit slower at a faster rate. I mean, for me, I don't see the Sox losing uh, or winning less than 90 games. It would would astonish me, even with A.J. Hinch in Detroit. Detroit doesn't scare me. Everybody's worried about them all of a sudden. That is an abysmal offense. Well, they're going to know what pitch is coming. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, in all seriousness, I just think the White Sox have by far and away – the best organization in our division, and look, I also think the Twins are on the downward. They Did you st- want to use the word organization there? <laughs> That's a good point. But they listen. The Twins just threw ninety-two million for five years at a thirty-five-year-old, and their team is getting older every year. They are not going to be able to keep all their talent. That payroll is going to have to be cut in the next couple of years. There are only major. Hiccup in this division, the Royals, the Tigers, even the Indians. Don't scare me, man. I, I, for me, the window is not without Lindor. Not without Lindor. That's for sure. Uh, And even if, even if they sign Ramirez to whatever extension he wants, he, uh, he alone does not a championship team make. No way. So, so for me, you know, this is the era and you know, I I also, I want to be able to get to talking about Burley too with his, uh, being on the ballot oh, before yeah. this is over. But I mean, for me, like if I'm going to be, if I'm Rick Hahn, I just, I call up Baltimore or I call up Arizona and I try to make a, a trade that fits the holes we need, not tries to overperform on them.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I think value is the name of the game. I think you're exactly right on all these older players this is a textbook Major League Baseball. I feel like every single guy is going to get signed by the Yankees because they're the number one <laughs> team. they're the number one team that goes out and old signs old guys for, for terrible value. Yeah, and drew Smiley
0: yesterday. $11 million for one year for Drew Smiley. And everybody's talking about a oh, bad free agent year. Nobody's going to be putting out money for free agents because everybody lost money last year. And $11 million Atlanta gives for Drew Smiley? That's Very insane. expensive, folks. That's a lot oh, of
2: money yeah. to spend and say we're not going to keep Ozuna, which – you know it's oh yeah it's very strange. But uh, we only have a couple minutes left, so uh, let's talk about let's talk about our
1: boy Mark Burley.
2: Our oh. head, uh, game. Oh.
1: perfect game, no hitter, five-time All Star, four-time Gold Glove winner, fourteen straight seasons, two hundred plus innings pitched, fifteen straight seasons of ten plus wins, two hundred and fourteen career wins, a fifty-nine B WAR, a fifty-two point three F WAR, a World Series champion. If he's not, it's not going to be a first ballot, but if he doesn't get in the hall of fame, I don't know what gets you in. And when he gets in
0: the quickest hall of fame ceremony. <laughs>
2: <laughs> his speech will be just under uh, an hour and six minutes. And, uh, just like his game times. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's got to make it at some point. He, he was just so good for baseball. and, and and those stats you rattled off, I mean, they're they're really incredible. And
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: he, he flew under the radar a bit because of the teams he was playing for, which sounds crazy for a World Series
1: champion who
2: <laughs> has thrown. Nobody remembers. But that is that is the
1: scenario he's in. And, and um, I think I saw too that he like uh, Greg Maddox has the least three and and0 counts of all time. I think Mark Burley is like in the top ten. Wow. and every and every other pitcher who's in the top 10 that is no longer active is a hall of famer and so, the and the and the
0: role model he is oh yeah Kids growing field, up who can't yeah. throw more than
1: 35 miles an hour yeah. yeah you can still be really really good kid <laughs> oh yeah and he he developed and redefined the fast paced pitcher he deserves accolades. He was kind of the last great one. Like, yeah. <laughs> he made being a fast paced
2: pitcher great. And then he, you know, we kind of gotten rid of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, we got to wrap it up there. I think uh, Rob this has been awesome. Thanks, thanks, for thanks for having me
1: guys. It's been a real pleasure. Any time.
2: Any final
0: thoughts from the geezer? Uh, no, I I think we're good here until the next time we find something really horrible about our new manager. (laughs)
2: I'll uh, (laughs) see you guys again next week after we find out about his manslaughter and vehicular homicide (laughs) uh, that the White Sox knew about. uh, Trevor Bauer,
1: come, come to Chicago,
2: please. (laughs) What happens? We'll see what happens. If Rob gets everything he wants, I think we're going to be in good shape. All right. See you guys. Take care guys.